The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood from ANS. Answers Live is a call-in show live, so I would request that you do call in at 973 973- 267-WMTR. Answers Live is brought to you every Sunday at 9.30 by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist, the largest subspecialized neurosurgical private practice in New Jersey. Our main office is located at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey, with seven other locations throughout the state. Our newest one located in Somerset County on Main Street in Bedminster. You can visit us online at www.ansdocs.com. Again, that's www.ansdocs.com to find out more information on what we offer. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Andrew Brown, and we will be discussing lung cancer. Good morning, Dr. Brown. Good morning, Tom. You've certainly gotten me up early today. (laughs) Yes, I do this every Sunday. It is rough. Uh, Before we start uh, discussing lung cancer, can you give me uh, and the listeners a background about um, who you are and your practice and a little bit about your education? Sure. Uh, I'm a medical oncologist, which means I take care of cancer patients. uh, And uh, I can tell you a little bit about that in in a little bit as we get talking. I uh, trained in internal medicine at Columbia and then I did my fellowship in hematology and oncology at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering. I worked as an attending uh, physician for a couple of years in Brooklyn, and then I've been uh, local here at St. Barnabas Medical Center for the last uh, almost two years. Okay, that's great. Uh, St. Barnabas Medical Center, um, that's where your office actually is, so if patients want to get a hold of you, they would call um, St. Barnabas Hospital? Yeah, St. Barnabas Hospital. We are the cancer center at St. Barnabas, and we're uh, in the east wing, and we're attached to the hospital. Okay, great. So, listeners, um, if you need to get a hold of Dr. Brown, um, you know where to reach him at the hospital. Okay, let's get into this topic, which is um, it's a scary topic for most anybody, uh, lung cancer, but it's something that we definitely have to touch on because it does affect a lot of people. Um, a lot of questions I have for you, but let's kind of start with a basic question about the disease. Um, what is lung cancer? And let's start with some of the signs, um, signs first, and then we'll go into more of the risk factors. Sure. Uh, so lung cancer is uh, a malignancy that, uh, as, it, as the name states, of the lung. Uh, and it's an extremely common type of cancer. About 200,000 Americans a year are diagnosed with lung cancer. And it's also the leading cause of death uh, from cancer in the United States. So more people die of lung cancer than breast cancer, colon cancer, or prostate cancer combined. So it's a very serious problem. Wow. That is scary. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, but that's, uh, I didn't know it was the leading cause. Um, and the large majority of uh, lung cancer is uh, diagnosed in people who either currently smoke or uh, previously smoked. And so smoking is uh, a big topic that we talk about a lot over at the Cancer Center. 
Okay. Um, smoking. Now, what you said kind of scared me a little bit is previous smoking. So people who used to smoke are still at higher risk than people who never smoked. Uh, absolutely. Uh, people who used to smoke cigarettes uh, extensively are always going to be at higher risk than someone who never smoked cigarettes, especially in the 15 years that they have quit smoking. So if you if you smoked for a long time and quit more than 15 years ago, you're certainly at less risk. So the longer the time has gone by since you smoked the last, uh, the less risk you have of lung cancer, but you always will have a, a larger lifetime risk than someone who never smoked cigarettes. Okay. Um, while we're on the, um, the smoking, what other risks um, can cause lung cancer? Let's take smoking out of it. Um, there's a lot of commercials going on about asbestos exposure and chemicals, and now with the dumping you hear all over. And, and um, before we get into the science, what other are top things that we should look for as far as risks of lung cancer? Well, definitely chemical exposure. So if you've worked in a, a business where you've had chemical exposures, especially benzene and radon, uh, you, would have a, you would have a higher risk of developing lung cancer, although it's a, a minority of patients. Uh, some other risk factors for lung cancer are if you've been exposed to a significant amount of secondhand smoke, uh, living with someone for you know, 20 years who smoked a couple of packs of cigarettes a day, or in an environment, uh, a work environment where uh, they they didn't uh, ban smoking, so it's something to think about. Uh, as well as a previous malignancy, maybe someone who had radiation therapy in the past, they might be at higher risk for lung cancer. Okay, can you can you so-called get lung cancer without a risk? Sometimes you'll hear. Actually, I heard a story not too long ago that um, a friend's cousin was diagnosed with, um, I guess, fourth stage lung cancer, and they don't. He wasn't a smoker. Doesn't have radon. So, of course, that concerns. Like, can you just get lung cancer because of heredity, or it just happens? Uh, actually, that's uh, becoming more and more common as we are getting better at diagnosing lung cancer and understanding it. There is a small population of patients, probably around 10 to 15 percent of patients who get diagnosed with lung cancer, that have no smoking history, no exposure history. And that's uh, most, most of the time because of a genetic mutation that they've acquired in their body uh, during their lifetime. And we have uh, interesting new immunologic treatments that can um, can help these patients with these genetic mutations. Okay, so there are tests that you're finding um, to actually test for these genetic mutations. That's that's very interesting. While uh, we're on that, let's start with some symptoms um, from the smallest symptoms that maybe you should get checked out to the major symptoms where, oh my God, there's probably something seriously going on here. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest symptoms of lung cancer would be a cough that doesn't go away. Uh, we all will develop a cough now and again. It will linger for a couple of days or for even a couple of weeks. But if a cough lasts for over a month, two months, that's a red flag that you might want to get checked out. Um, shortness of breath is, a, is another sign of potential lung cancer as the lung can press up against the airways and make it more trouble, give you more trouble to breathe. Chest pain, sometimes lung cancer uh, abuts up against the chest wall and can cause uh, chest pain or discomfort. So any of those signs or symptoms would be uh, an alarm bell that might go off that you should see your doctor. And something I always talk about is if you cough up blood, uh, that's an emergency and that's something you really need to see your doctor immediately. So if that's happening, uh, I would suggest you, you get medical attention. Okay. And the coughing of blood usually would mean probably a more advanced stage or could uh, uh, just the beginning stages cause that? 
just the beginning stages can cause that. It's mostly if the if the lung cancer is invading into the airway, that's going to cause some irritation and may cause you to cough. But that's a, a sign of a potential emergency where you, you really need to get looked at quickly. Okay. Um, very interesting um, stuff to think about. Um, okay. Now that we got through the signs and some of the symptoms and... and you know, I'll play the patient here, God forbid, I go to your office and I, I am diagnosed with lung cancer. Um, can you take me through the steps now? Um, I got that news. It's devastating. It's horrible. Uh, people panic and they zone out when you're going to tell them everything that's going to happen. So now that we're all listening, what, what is the process that, that a patient would take once they get that diagnosis of lung cancer? Well, it's very important to figure out what the stage of lung cancer is. Uh, we're going to talk in a few minutes about our lung cancer screening program, and that's really to try to identify patients at earlier stages because those are the patients that we can potentially cure. So staging uh, a patient with newly diagnosed lung cancer usually involves uh, a CAT scan uh, or an MRI or um, some other blood tests. And when we figure out the stage, uh, either the lung cancer is able to be surgically resected, and that's really where we want it. We want it to be small so it can be taken out. Uh, but if it's invaded into the lymph nodes in the middle of the chest, uh, then uh, sometimes those patients would get a combination of chemotherapy and radiation therapy. In some cases, the cancer is so advanced, we can't do chemotherapy or radiation therapy, and we would treat them with chemotherapy or some type of targeted uh, immunologic therapy. Okay, so it is a, a pretty quick process once you get that diagnosis. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. What are some miscon uh, misconceptions uh, about lung cancer, if there are any, that you see uh, patients coming to your hearing? I'm sure you hear a lot of questions about lung cancer that you might want to just let our listeners know about. So one of the biggest misconceptions is that if you quit smoking, like we talked about before, then you're at lower risk of lung cancer, which is true. But just because you've quit smoking doesn't mean you can't develop lung cancer. And I think we touched on that in the beginning. Right. The longer you go from quitting smoking, the less like you, likely you are to develop lung cancer, but you're still at risk. Um, one of the other misconceptions is that this that smoke that smoking I'm, I'm sorry that lung cancer is uh, really a disease of men, and um, actually it's pretty fifty fifty down the middle in terms of uh, men getting diagnosed and women getting diagnosed, which has uh, changed over the last twenty years or so. Thirty forty years ago, it was a disease of mostly men, and now it's about half and half. Okay. Um, jumping back a little bit into smoking, because it seems that's the, the key with this. Um, of course, there's a lot of push for smoking sensation, um, knocking off the advertisement to children, um, people knowing that now smoking is bad for you. Do you see in your practice or, or do you hear that smoking is becoming less popular or is it still pretty prevalent in, in the population? Well, it's in the United States, uh, smoking has definitely declined over the last 20 years, but there's still um, way too many people that are smoking cigarettes. It's one of the most addictive substances in the world, and um, once you start smoking it, it's extremely hard to quit. There are really very, very good ways to try to help people who need to quit, but it's still a very, very uh, difficult habit to break. And uh, the if we can get to um, children and try to part some wisdom and, and try to get them to not start smoking, that's where we've really made strides over the last 20 years. Okay, that's good. And I do want to touch base with that um, later in the show about smoking cessation and, and your advice on how to do that. Um, has treatment uh, for lung 
cancer changed in recent years uh, from what we knew in the past? Um, absolutely. We've gotten better at just about every type of way we treat lung cancer, from surgical techniques to radiation techniques and to um, therapies. Um, in terms of the way we diagnose lung cancer, it's also very different. It used to be where you had to really cut someone open and, uh, and make a diagnosis that way by uh, getting uh, tissue surgically. And now we have uh, much more non-invasive type of techniques, uh, bronchoscopies, uh, um, uh, and endobronchial ultrasound, uh, and uh, CT-guided biopsies that make it a lot easier to diagnose. There's different types of surgical procedures. There's newer and more targeted radiation therapy. And uh, what I do is chemotherapy and also uh, targeted immunologic therapies, which have advanced over the last 10 to 15 years in remarkable ways. Okay. Um, you were speaking of bronchoscopies, and I think I have an idea of what that is. That's when you actually put the scope down into the lung and look directly into the lung. It's kind of like a, <clears throat> I guess, like a colonoscopy or an ERCP. This is for the lung. Right. Uh, either a pulmonologist, which is a medical lung doctor, or a surgeon will perform a bronchoscopy, which is exactly what you're saying, uh, where you where you, a camera is inserted uh, into the um, trachea down into the lungs and can look and see uh, whether there's a, a lung cancer there, and it can also take biopsies of either a lung cancer or lymph nodes. Okay. And I'm going to get into the whole Lung Center Institute at Barnabas, but this is all available um, when they come see you, it's it's an easy process for everyone because everything is there. Yeah, we're a big interdisciplinary team. We all work together and talk with each other on a on a, a very regular basis. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to definitely get more into the Lung Cancer Institute at St. Barnabas and ask you a lot more questions. So we'll be right back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood. Today we're actually talking about lung cancer with Dr. Andrew Brown from St. Barnabas Medical Center. And we're going to get back into the um, depths of lung cancer with all the questions. But before we start, I actually have a caller. I have Irene from Livingston. You're on live with Dr. Brown. Hi, Irene. How are you? Hi. How are you? Hi, Irene. So, Hi. What, so what's your question, Irene? Well, I know I probably shouldn't be on the Internet as much as I am, but a lot of times I, I, I notice that I'm seeing that women seem to get um, lung cancer more than men. And I'm a woman, so it always kind of makes me a little scared. Like, even, I, I never smoked, but just knowing that women, you know, have a higher tendency, I, it, it always gets me a little crazy. Is that really true? Or is it just stuff that I'm reading or studies that are maybe not correct in some way? 
Well, I think that's an excellent question, Irene, and I'm glad that you've never smoked, and so I'm not really worried about you. Um, in terms of the the fact that you're reading that more women are developing lung cancer, that's true because more women have started smoking cigarettes over the last 20 or so years than men. So if more women are picking up the habit, then more women are diagnosed with lung cancer. And so you're seeing that trend up a little bit. But in terms of being worried about yourself, because you're a never smoker, and please continue to be a never smoker, your chance of developing lung cancer is is very low. Yes, sometimes I guess what you read, it doesn't always correlate if they don't tell you all the background behind it. And it's always kind of bothered me. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome, Irene. And like I said, don't smoke and let everyone know to stop smoking. Who's smoking? Thank you again for calling Answers Live. Okay, uh, back to the show. That was that was a good question to reiterate um, about smoking because it seems that is really one of the main things that causes lung cancer is the smoking. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, let's get back to some of the questions. We went through lung cancer and the causes, um, which we, we hear mostly is the smoking. We went through the tests and, and, and how we, we diagnose it and somewhat of the treatments. What I really want to delve into now um, in the show is, is the Lung Cancer Institute at St. Barnabas Medical Center and your practice. So can you tell me what does that entail? What is the Lung Cancer Institute? What types of doctors are involved there and, and the screening programs and so on? Sure. Uh, So the Lung Cancer Institute at St. Barnabas was really born out of a national effort to come up with a a screening test for very high-risk individuals. So there was a a, a very large study of over 50,000 people back in uh, the mid to late 2000s that showed that a low-dose CAT scan, uh, getting a low-dose CAT scan in patients that are very high risk for lung cancer is much better than getting a chest x-ray, and that doing the low-dose screening CAT scans actually increased the overall survival of the patients in that study by about 20%. So we were catching lung cancer early, uh, and that was shown nationally. And so what we're doing at St. Barnabas is trying to bring that local. Uh, We have our um, Lung Cancer Institute, which is our screening program with free low-dose CAT scan for patients that are high risk uh, for developing a lung cancer. We have a a very large interdisciplinary team with uh, uh, multiple medical specialties, oncologists like myself, thoracic surgeons, pulmonologists, which are lung specialists, radiologists, uh, radiation doctors, and a a staff of nurses and smoking cessation cessation experts. Uh, And it's really a big interdisciplinary effort to try to get uh, high-risk individuals in to get screened. Okay, so you you said it was a free screening for um, high-risk patients. Um, So what is, for people listening, what is a high-risk patient? So the actual eligibility criteria for the study is a current or former smoker between the ages of 55 and 74 and a history of 30-pack years or more of smoking cigarettes. And just to clarify, uh, a pack year is, uh, so 10-pack years would be a pack a day for 10 years or um, two packs a day for five years, things like that. So if you've smoked for a very long time, uh, you're uh, at higher risk for lung cancer. And I would encourage you, if you're a little confused about that, to call us and, and we can walk you through it to see if you actually meet that criteria. 
Uh, there's some other criteria as well, and, and like exposure to some of the chemicals we talked about or a prior history of uh, another malignancy. And we're happy to take those phone calls if you do think that you're at higher risk for lung cancer. Okay, so they would call the Lung Cancer Institute at St. Barnabas to see if they were eligible um, for this free screening, which is really, really amazing that, that the, the hospital is doing that to try to catch that. I guess um, two questions that come out of that. Um, 55 to 74, is that age there for a specific reason? Is that how long it would take for this cancer to show up? Do 20, 30, 40-year-old people not get lung cancer as easily? Um not being in that age group yet, but approaching it, um, how do you answer that as far as being younger with lung sure. cancer? Well, the, the longer that you smoke cigarettes for, uh, the more likely you are to develop lung cancer. It's not a process that's very quick. So if you're a, a 20 or 30-year-old that just started smoking cigarettes, I wouldn't expect them to develop a lung cancer for many, many years down the road. So in that study, we they found that patients that were ages 55 to 74 were the ones that were most likely to develop a lung cancer, the ones who did develop a lung cancer. And so that's where those screening criteria are. Because it's very important, we don't want to expose people to radiation therapy and CAT scans if if we don't think that they're high risk for lung cancer. We want to target a specific population Okay. Um, my background, although I, I am on the radio being a host now, um, I do have a clinical background, which was an in interventional radiology in my uh, my younger years. And we used to, at that time, before I got into neuro, um, used to place a lot of the ports in patients for chemotherapy. And I just mm -hmm. remember when I read charts, there was different types of lung cancer, different cell types. And I do remember um, a lot of the physicians saying certain cell types are very aggressive and, and they spread very quickly. Can you touch base a little bit on different types of lung cancers, if that's something you think should be important for people to know? Sure. I, um, there's two major types of lung cancer, non-small cell and small cell. So I think you're, you're thinking about small cell when you're, when you're thinking about something that's very aggressive uh, and grows very rapidly. That's a, a, a minority of lung cancer that's diagnosed, probably around 30,000 patients a year, whereas there's about 150,000 that develop non-small cell, which is, um, it's not as initially aggressive. But what I'd like you to take home is that lung cancer in general, whether it's small cell or non-small cell, is a very difficult disease, and trying to catch it early is really the, the, the best way to try to treat it. Okay. Uh, a real strong forward question is, is lung cancer cancer curable? Of course, um, in the later stages, I'm sure the answer is probably not as easily, but for people who are diagnosed that have been recently diagnosed that are actually listening, um, not knowing the stages they're in, I understand that, but is it curable if caught in time? Um, and what's the outlook on some of those? Well, lung cancer is definitely curable. It's a, it's, it's a difficult disease to treat, but uh, the, the earlier that you catch it, the more apt we are to be able to perform surgery to take it away, and um, the, the more likely we are to cure it. So any stage from stage one to three is potentially curable. Once you develop stage four disease, that's by definition not curable, but it's important to note that even patients with stage four disease there's a lot of good treatments, uh, and so we can um, be able to treat people for an extended period of time who even have stage 4 disease. Okay. So that was a lot of great information. Um, we have the causes, which primarily is smoking. Um, we hear that and understand that. Now, if we currently smoke or if they want to stop smoking, 
um, what services are available to do that. We uh, on the news, uh, actually on the on the uh, TV, I see a new new drug that's out with a lot of smokers, and they're saying uh, I don't even remember the name um, that it seems to be working. So, what's out there for people who are listening that do smoke and do want to stop? Well, as I said earlier, smoking is incredibly difficult. Uh, to stop. Uh, and so I have a lot of empathy for patients that are trying to quit smoking. And I think really trying to quit smoking is very important, even if you do try and then relapse and try again. Um, we have a great smoking cessation counselor at St. Barnabas who's worked with uh, smokers and, and getting smokers to quit for many, many years. Uh, and he uses multiple different techniques, which are both medicine related. There, um, there are things like chewing gum uh, and there's therapy as well. And so we use a, a, a multidisciplinary approach to helping patients quit smoking, not just one thing. It's not just a pill. Here, take this pill and quit smoking. It's a it's a long process that involves the, the patient who's trying to quit smoking and as well as their family members. Um, but it's a it's a, the initial commitment and and giving us a call and, and allowing us to try to help you um, is is really will put you on the path to, to hopefully quitting. Okay, so that's good to know um, for the listeners to know there is there is help out there at um, at St. Barnabas um, to call and, and give you that assistance you might need, that little kick in the butt, so to say, to, to get on there and stop smoking. Um, your group is very dynamic. I hear a lot about the oncology group at St. Barnabas, but since you're sitting next to me, I want to know personally, what is your care uh, philosophy with your patients specifically? Well, the, one of the reasons I, I went into um, oncology are, are cancer medicine is so that I could really work with uh, not only the patient, but their entire family. And I think that that's extremely important when um, taking care of my patients so that uh, not only am I treating the disease, I'm also treating other people in, their, in, in the family as well, because I think that that is incredibly important. And at the cancer at St. Barnabas, the reason that I actually joined that group is because all of the oncologists and the staff there have that same philosophy. We work together as a team, and that's why our patients, I think, get in incredibly great care and are, and are very pleased with uh, the whole uh, experience at the St. Barnabas Cancer Center. Okay, and uh, I want to let listeners know that um, we are talking about lung cancer, so your group is not just lung cancer, it's an oncology group. Um, Atlantic Neurosurgical actually uses your group for our brain tumor patients and a lot of the uh, the tumors of the spine that, that we encounter. So again, um, that's the um, St. Barnabas uh, Medical Center Lung Cancer Institute, um, and their group is the oncology group there. Um, we are running out of time, but I just wanted to uh, kind of open the floor for you to speak to our listeners. And what would you like the public to really know about lung cancer in closing of the show? Sure. Um, I think that uh, I'd, I'd like you to know that uh, lung cancer is, is certainly related to smoking and that if you do smoke, uh, there's ways to help you come and quit. Uh, our uh, screening program has free low-dose uh, CAT scans, and it's important to understand that it's free and that you get the, the follow-up with um, any of the other doctors that you may um, encounter along the way. So some people come in and get a CAT scan and don't have lung cancer, but they may have lung disease, and we'll connect them with uh, the proper medical team um, at that point. That's awesome. Well, today, like I said, was a scary subject to discuss. We have some uh, great answers to a lot of questions. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dr. Andrew Brown from St. Barnabas um, Medical Center. 
uh, for coming today. Thank you very much. You've given us a, a lot of great information. Um, I probably will bring you back to discuss some more uh, types of, of cancers and treatments. Um, this was very, very interesting. Again, thank you all for listening to Answers Live, brought to you every Sunday by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. If you need more information on today's show, you can call um, the station here at WMTR or visit uh, our website, ansdocs.com, um, and I will be posting more information on Answers Live there. Thank you again, and I will see you um, on Sunday. Dr. Brown, wait, he's waving. He has one more thing you might want to say. Can I just say one? I'm sorry. I just if, if you want to call, I just wanted to just give, the, give you the phone number. It's 973-322-6644. One more and time. Thanks so much. Give oh. one more time. 973-322-6644. Okay. I just want to catch everyone who wasn't focused out there driving or something. Okay. Great. Thank you again for listening to Answers Live, and I will see you all or speak to you all again next Sunday. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions.